Hello, and welcome to Talking Sports with TK. I am Tommy Chrysan. Glad to be here. Glad to have you there. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please share it with all of your friends. This episode, Sports Takes with Trey Blossman, brought to you by K2Z Window Coverings. K2Z Window Coverings. Call them in the greater Baton Rouge area at 225-791-1220. You'll hear from them in just a minute. Today on Sports Takes, Trey Blossman and I have plenty of takes, mainly on LSU football and the loss to UCLA out on the West Coast, 38-27 this past Saturday night. Lots of things to talk about, lots of criticism, lots of fair questions, and then what's next for the LSU Tigers. We'll get into all of that. Plus, we have some other observations from the weekend in college football. We'll put it all together for you here on Sports Takes. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Tommy Chrysan, K-R-Y-S-A-N, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I have a YouTube channel. You want to follow me on YouTube, Tommy Chrysan, you got to do that. And I am the oldest dude on TikTok, giving you free picks all the time there. And if you like to bet football, check out the brand new website, meatandpotatoesusa.com meatandpotatoesusa.com. Check it out if you like to bet on football. It's not a gambling site. Sports consultants where you can buy picks and win money in college football. Check it out. Hey, we're going to take a break, listen to our good friends at K2Z Window Coverings, and we'll come back. We'll be joined by Trey Blossman. It's time for Sports Takes. I'm Tommy Chrysan, talking sports with TK. Stay tuned. K2Z Window Coverings. Are you ready to measure your own windows, go buy all of your own supplies, and install new window treatments? Me neither. That's why I called K2Z. They came to our home and did the measurements and estimate for free. Then they came back and installed our shutters for free. For your free in-home consultation, call 791-1220. Or K2ZBlinds.com. K2Z Window we continue with Talking Sports with TK with this episode of Sports Takes. Again, I remind you to share this with all of your friends. And we welcome to the program to talk LSU and college football, Trey Blossman. Trey, how you doing today? Uh, Tommy, I'm doing pretty good. I'm probably doing better than most Tiger fans. Uh, you know, really tough, tough loss. A lot of us called that game wrong, very wrong. I certainly was as wrong as I've been about a game in a long time, uh, but I'm doing okay today to answer your question. I'm not. I'm not letting it bother me. You know what? The last 18 months have been the strangest 10 years of my life, and I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah, well, and you know, so many LSU fans, so many disappointments and comments and social media and newspaper articles and. And, and most of it fair and, and justifiable. And I'm like you, I, I mean, for a solid month, I'm like, you know, LSU's just going to rock and roll. They're going to win this game. It might be close in the first quarter. They'll separate and win going away. And uh, that just didn't happen that way for a variety of reasons. I think, one, UCLA might be a little better than I thought uh, with all the transfers they got and fifth-year guys and, and whatnot. But, but still – it was the thing. This is the thing that struck me the most. LSU practiced the month of August. They spent a week in Houston acting like an NFL team with no class, no distractions, and in an NFL facility of the Houston Texans. And then they couldn't call an offensive play. 
And not only could they not call a play, 33 times the play clock got to five seconds or less. And they only snapped it 71 times. You take the punts away and all that. That's pretty bad. They couldn't call a play. Jake Peets, the offensive coordinator, he may one day be a great offensive coordinator, but Saturday night he was in way over his head. He had no clue, and he didn't know what to do. He couldn't call a play. And then UCLA's defensive staff had a plan to blitz five, six, seven people. And when LSU did nothing to adjust to that, they kept blitzing. I mean, no screen plays from LSU, no sprint draws, no rollouts, nothing to counter the blitz of UCLA. I don't blame UCLA for keeping it up because LSU didn't do anything to stop it. Max Johnson took a beating. Um, You know, he never stepped into a throw. He was off his back foot. LSU offensive line, would they rush for three yards in the first half? Jake Peets was in way over his head last Saturday night. LSU got outcoached in every aspect of the game, and in particular, they had an offensive coordinator. Now, granted, he's never done it before, but Ed Orgeron hired him to do it. For some reason, Ed Orgeron thought he could do it. It was embarrassing. Tommy, you have my notes in front of you. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> For those who want, we're about an hour apart uh, in our locations here. Uh, you know, and some days I sit down to record this podcast with nothing in front of me. Some days I've got two or three computer screens up with things that I want to talk about. Some days I just have a few notes, and since I don't have any computer access and we're running on generator power here, I just have a page with a few notes. Here's what it says. UCLA, better. Johnson backing up all night. Never stepped up and always threw off his back foot. UCLA blitzed all night. Tigers did nothing to try and burn the blitz. No centers, middle screens, no draw play, no quarterback, nothing. They did nothing. So you and I are thinking pretty much exactly alike about the game. They out physical. They they whipped us at the line of scrimmage. You know, Allie Gay made a nice sack in the first quarter, but other than that, they, they controlled us. Our defensive front four was not better than their offensive front five. That does not bode well for SEC play, Tommy. I, I thought our defensive front four would dominate their offensive front five. Totally not the case. Uh, we we could dissect the game. And, you know, maybe we will at another time. I'm not going to do all that right now. But I thought that there was one thing that was very telling to me, Tommy. It was very early in the fourth quarter. LSU had a fourth and five. They were down 11 points. And Orgeron decided he chose to punt. I thought he was admitting defeat at that point in time. UCLA had scored on a couple straight possessions, two or three. I don't remember what it was. We weren't stopping them. We were already down 11 points. If you don't make a two-point conversion, that's two touchdowns. How do you not go for it on fourth and five there, Tommy? To me, of all the stupid things I saw LSU do all night, that was the stupidest decision. And – I'm going to go back to Max Johnson real briefly, and then we'll move forward. I was so disappointed in the play of Max Johnson that I want to see Garrett Nussmeyer play this week. I want to see what he can do. 
Johnson, as far as I'm concerned, showed regression. He was a far – I was at that Ole Miss game last year. He was a far better quarterback on that day than he was Saturday night. And, yeah, UCLA is probably better than we gave him credit for going in. Uh, now, like Bob Seeger would say, you got to turn the page, okay? You're not going to change what happened in Hollywood this past Saturday night. Here's what's up. Here's what LSU has to do. You got McNeese coming to town Saturday. By the way, if you don't know, Ed Orgeron's son, Cody, is the starting quarterback for McNeese, and they lost to a Division II school, West Florida, this past weekend. You got McNeese coming to town in Central Michigan. Central Michigan is much better than McNeese. But in these next two weeks, LSU's got to fix all the things that went wrong. Ed Orgeron's first comment to the media after the game was, we've got a lot of things to fix. Well, damn it, you got to fix them, and you better start with Magnese. I suggested this morning when Ronnie and Rance and I did our Sports Shorts Daily video, they need to try to score 80 against McNeese and throw a shutout. And just don't let up. I don't care if it's a state school and Frank Wilson, who used to be an LSU assistant, is the head coach. I don't care. LSU's got to worry about LSU, and they got to fix a lot of things. And, uh, you know, and that's what they got to do. And don't have don't hold back at all against McNeese. I agree with you. Garrett Nussmeyer should get some snaps because in all likelihood they're going to get up by McNeese by four touchdowns or more. Get Nussmeyer in there. And then Central Michigan the following week at home, keep working to fix all these things. Then you got to go to Starkville and play a team that kicked your ass last year in the season opener and a team who had a big comeback win against a decent Louisiana Tech team this past Saturday. So that's what's next for LSU. Now, one side note, Trey, did you see the viral and Ed o- the video that went viral when Ed Orgeron was walking in the stadium? I, I did, and it would have been hysterical had we won the game. Yeah, true, but I can tell you this, uh, inside info for everybody, LSU, somebody, one of the powers that be at LSU, jumped all over WAFB for putting that out. Jacques Doucet, who's a, a reporter, a sports guy for WAFB, the CBS affiliate in Baton Rouge, his camera guy shot it, Jacques released it, and, of course, it went viral. Before the game, LSU jumped all over WAFB for putting that out there. Now, hey, in today's world, everybody's got a phone with a camera and a video, and there's no secrets. We're all in a fishbowl. I don't fault WAFB for putting it out. They they grabbed the footage, and it was the LSU coach, and I don't blame them for putting it out. I don't know why LSU got all upset about it. You're right. Had LSU won 38-27 instead of losing 38-27, it'd be a funny video. But now UCLA is uh, capitalizing on it. They're selling sissy blue T-shirts all over town and uh, probably going to make some money out of that. So uh, let's well, just say – there's a lot of criticism of Ed Orgeron. A lot of it is fair, justifiable, and there are a lot of question marks, which we will see if these questions get answered going forward. Can the defense learn to play defense? Can they tackle? Can the offensive line block? Can the defensive line be improved? Can Max Johnson be improved? Can Gary Muschmeyer get in the game? There's a lot of fair, serious questions out there that LSU fans are going to want answers to. Well, Tommy, let's let's be honest. You or I would have put that out. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't call that video. You, uh, I, I, if I have that, I put it out. Any reporter who has that puts it out, 
And I'm guessing that maybe WFB is not the only one who had it. They just were the first ones to put it out. But LSU should shut up and quit worrying about that and worry about any of the other myriad of problems that are facing the athletic department and the university. They got lots of problems there. Okay. All right. So back to my notes notes, since you're saying everything that I was going to say today. And (laughs) we remind people, we remind people, we do not go over this. We we, we don't. We, We never do. Well, I have written down, should be two and one going to the Mississippi State game. Certainly plenty of motivation there. Win that three to one to Auburn. Beat Auburn, which is doable. We're four and well is all is seemingly good. You know, that's how fickle college football can be, Tommy. There are people calling for Ed Orgeron's job right now. I heard it today from numerous people. The little bit that I got out and about and talked to a few people, all Tiger fans are bringing it up, and some think that his time is short. Most think he won't make it through the season. We wind up 4-1 and one after beating Auburn. That conversation is going to be gone for a while. Now, we lose two or three along the way, and, you know, we stumble. Maybe that conversation comes back. But the game is fickle. Fans are fickle. I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, Tommy. I think there's a decent chance LSU is 4-1 and one after the Auburn game. Well, and winning cures lots of things. Like you said, had LSU won 38-27 the other night, that video would be funny today. Now it's like, like what what the hell is that, you know? And that's that's the thin line between success and not success in college football. And, you know, we we, we got to let it play out. A, I don't think Ed Orgeron will be fired during the season. I really don't think that that will happen. I'd be surprised. You know, now, if they go 6-6 six and six or worse, I don't think he's the coach next year. And, you know, somebody said, well, he's got a huge buyout. Yeah, well, he's also got a lot of legal matters with Title IX and Darius Geis that uh, lawsuits he's being sued on that, that are still out there in pending litigation. And uh, that could be the cause, and they didn't have to buy him out. So, But, you know, we'll, we'll let that run its course. If you're an LSU Tiger football fan, you stay behind your coach, you stay behind your team, because that's the guy that's going to coach him Saturday against McNeese. That's the team that's going to run out on the field at Tiger Stadium for the home opener. You get behind them, but, if you, but criticism can be fair. And questions can be fair, and we'll see how it goes. Trey Blossman here on Sports Takes, all a part of Talking Sports with TK. Again, we remind you to check out the website, meatandpotatoesusa.com, meatandpotatoesusa.com. If you're looking for some football winners next weekend, they will have it. Trey, elsewhere in the world of college football, my first observation is Alabama's the best team in the land, and um, there's no doubt about that, I don't think. And we saw a lot of other stuff on the weekend, but the, the performance by Alabama with a freshman quarterback who torched the record book for a freshman quarterback in his first start. Hey, um, you know, Alabama looks pretty good. That's all I'll say. Well, you're not going to get any argument from me. I, I saw a good bit of that game. Not only did he torch the record book, he looked real good doing it. He, he, he's smooth. <laughs> he, he, he plays the part, you know, he looks like a kid ready to operate as the quarterback of the best team in the country, which there's no doubt that Alabama is. Uh, you know, I'm not sure because I had it on a second TV with no sound and was only glancing at it. 
I'm not sure if that Georgia-Clemson game was as ugly as I think it was. But the only touchdown was on a 90-some-odd pick-yard pick-six when Clemson might have been going in for the only touchdown of the game. Are those defenses that good? Are teams going to shake in their boots when they have to play Yuga and Clemson moving forward? I'm very interested to see that. Was that jitters? Why could neither team do anything? Two highly touted quarterbacks, neither one of them played well. Uh, Again, the only touchdown was when a team returned an interception as the other team was going in for a touchdown. So that's two real good teams, theoretically, if those defenses are anything like that. But, you know, there's so much going on in the game, Tommy. We we got the uh, name, image, likeness uh, thing going with lots of money changing hands. And I heard an interesting question posed on a radio show today in conjunction with the less than optimal performance by Ohio State's quarterback, who I believe is making a million dollars a year. Uh, Not a very good performance, certainly in the second half, by Spencer Rattler. Sam Howell for North Carolina did not have a good game. He's a touted Heisman candidate. Is the money coming into these players for this image likeness thing, is that another level of pressure being placed on these young men to perform? And is is it impacting some of their performances? I think think that's a good question. I think it's a good question. I think we need more time to play out and and see about that. I mean, because if you play quarterback at Clemson or your star player at Georgia or or Notre Dame, LSU, wherever it might be, there's pressure on you to perform. We gotta, we gotta. I think we gotta get more time to see if this is a, a thing. Because somebody made a good point to me on this name, image, likeness stuff uh, with the college guys. You know, get some guys getting stuff and other guys not. Well, in an NFL locker room forever, there's always been guys that made a lot of money and guys that make a little bit of money. You know, uh, yeah. and now there's a salary cap there, and you know, there's really no cap with the name, image, likeness thing right now. I think, personally, I think we need a little more time to answer the question you posed. But, again, I think it's a very good question. Now, there is no truth to the rumor that was flying around this morning that uh, name, image, likeness, like a team-wide deal was offered to LSU. Every player was offered a deal from Charmin for being so soft. <laughs> I, I, I No one can confirm that that, that Charmin uh, toilet paper yeah. <laughs> Uh, offer the entire team one because they're so soft. But uh, you know that, that'd be the ever, best ever, marketing. That'd be the best marketing strategy Charmin had since they had Mister Whipple. <laughs> so anyway, we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but anyways, like, lots you know, eight teams in the top twenty-five lost, and and uh, you know, and if Florida State would have knocked off Notre Dame last night, it'd have been nine that lost. But anyway, uh, what a story! Finally, as we get to the end of this, uh, Mackenzie Milton. Uh, an incredible story. Didn't have the Hollywood ending, but uh, still quite the story as he came in well, and rallied Florida State and almost knocked off a highly overrated Notre Dame team. Well, you know, Tommy, I, I've been a fan of his since the first time I saw him play. I, I didn't understand why Central Florida didn't encourage him to stay there. They, they liked the young guy, Dylan, and they went with him. And uh, I, I, 
I'm thinking I bet that they wish they had Mackenzie Milton there now. I thought he was going to start the game last night. I tuned in with great anticipation to see how Mackenzie Milton would play and was really disappointed when he didn't start. The ironic thing is he goes into the game after the starter uh, loses his helmet and has to come off the field for a play. So Milton goes in and proceeds to convert a third down with about a 20-something yard gain down the field, and he rushes the team up to the line to run the next play, which, again, is another nice positive play. And by then, the Florida State's coach has his shoulder on the starting quarterback like, just hang here. You know? yeah. <laughs> We're going to roll with Milton. You know? and, right. uh, it, it was a beautiful thing. What it means moving forward to the Seminoles, I don't know. But if I'm the coach of that football team, Mackenzie Milton's my guy. All right. As we wrap this up, we encourage folks to share this podcast. We've got several other podcasts coming later this week, including more picks for everybody. Trey does have a pick in the night's game, so we'll have some of that. Plus, we, we will touch on this later, too. The NFL starts this coming weekend, and we don't have time to get into that today. So uh, maybe we'll even do another episode of Sports Takes Aside from the picks with the NFL opening up. Please share this podcast. Like, favorite it. Let all your friends know about it. Trey, you have a good rest of the day. We'll talk to you again soon. Well, yeah, let, let's do it, Tom. Let's do an NFL on Wednesday. We do the picks on Thursday. Sounds good, man. Thank you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.